Okay, and welcome back to today's episode where we're going to be looking at a book titled Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Now, this book changed my life. This was the book that inspired me to take control of my life after I had a pretty horrendous car accident and my life really was going into depression and spiraling out of control. So when I read this book, it gave me the inspiration um, to actually change my life. And it culminated when I was... uh, I was on holiday in a sauna and I relaxed my mind and up popped one of um, Napoleon Hill's suggestions and I acted on it and the rest of my life has come from that one initial moment where um, obviously it's led me to be doing this podcast. So this is a hugely important book. I also reread it recently, uh, over a decade after I first read it and everything that he was suggesting in my experience has pretty well come true. Uh, there's been ups and downs obviously it's not a straight road but fascinating book every single person in my experience in the world that wants to better their life should read this book Um, I'm going to outline to you now just going through the different chapters how um, this can influence your life but also relating it to women as well Uh, and then I highly recommend that you you go away after this episode and you you read it because there's some real wisdom in there I mean, the book came about because Napoleon Hill basically went and studied the most successful people in the world um, and then wrote a book about what he'd learned. And it was very different to what he'd been led to believe. And obviously nowadays, there's a lot more information on on success than what was available. But this book's really like the godfather of of the success. And um, it's certainly the best book I've ever read when it comes to um, success. And as I say, the impact it made on my life. But um. Let's begin with chapter one, where it talks about the power of thought. And what um, hits me in in this section, or it did when I first read it, is that thoughts actually exist. So, yes, they are part of your inner dialogue, but everything happens because of your initial thought. So that's interesting to think about, right? It's, It's, you know, when you do think about things, that's really the inception of ideas. It's where creativity comes from. And if you act on a thought, then obviously it does become real. Um, and I think there was the, I'm not sure if he, which version he, but he talks about Walt Disney and how he died before it was made. And his, um, one of his relatives, they asked him if Walt would, would have been upset. And he said, well, of course not. You know, he's seen it in his mind every day. That's why it's here. And obviously that whole idea would have started just in his mind. So that's a interesting concept that thoughts do exist and there is something that we can do about them. Now, the second uh, chapter is about desire. And he believes that this is really the most critical part of um, anything in your life. And it comes by having a definitive purpose, right? So something, it's okay to have a thought, but you need to transgress that into a desire, which is something that you absolutely care about. And you have um, a real burning sensation to to have it to be a success. And, you know, having a definitive purpose is certainly something which I ascribe to. Uh, Everyone's is unique. I mean, you don't have to share them with other people, but... Having something which is an overall desire or an overall purpose, which you can link the rest of your life around, is hugely practical um, and beneficial in your life. And it it cuts through a lot of the the nonsense about how you spend your day, because actually you have something specifically written out about what you're going to do. In chapter three, he moves to talking about having um, faith and um, even when all of your life is falling around, which happened to me, um, He talks about how you can spend half an hour a day um, thinking about how you can move closer to your success. And certainly for me, 
Um, reading gave me the faith. So my half an hour a day was spent reading, but also visualizing, you know, meditating, you know, asking, um, not really asking, but I guess reading from successful people who had faith in the past and seeing what it was. Because actually you, you have this, you know, when I was younger, I thought that these these successful people were just successes overnight. And it's just absolute nonsense. When you start looking at the data and the facts and the real information, you know, these people typically... Um, had huge faith in what they were doing and, and huge belief. And, you know, taking time each day to actually think about that enables you to kind of, you know, create that real burning desire to what you actually want to achieve. And when I was um, visualizing a, a really good technique that I found was, you know, for my presenting wasn't necessarily to visualize myself when I'm presenting, but what I did instead, um, I would visualize the other people in the audience reactions, almost like turning the camera on them. And I found that to be amazing because it actually took the pressure off me and allowed me to present much better. But visualizing, impacting people's lives, like I do with this podcast, you know, visualize people listening to it and hopefully getting through to them, enabling them to develop their lives. So that was um, an interesting, interesting um, chapter. Um, then he goes on to talk about auto-suggestion in um, chapter four and he talks about different methods of going about it but basically what he's really saying is to instill the belief that you can do it and one way that you can do that is just by writing out every morning or you know to auto suggest yourself think about yourself having already achieved what you desired so what you're doing is you're auto suggesting to your subconscious mind that you can achieve something so if we're going to relate this to dating we can talk about visualizing yourself in a relationship with the exact woman that you would like to date. And if you can add some emotional intensity to your visualizations, like feel how you would feel and really embrace it, then that is going to add to your ability to really focus on it because you're what you're really doing is training yourself to move towards um, po- positive and, and good emotions. So auto-suggestion being um, extremely relevant. Um, chapter five, he then moves on to talk about having specialized knowledge. So he explains that there's a, a difference between education and knowledge. And, you know, I'm definitely ascribed to this. I mean, I don't word it the same way he would specifically, but, you know, when you are, when you have loads of knowledge, but you don't know what to do with it, it's like, well, what's the point in having it? You have to be able to put it to use. So he talks about, you know, seeking specialized knowledge in what you want to do and he talks about you know going to libraries training courses universities you know nowadays we have podcasts like these we have a lot of information online where we can get specialist knowledge so nowadays more than ever the specialized knowledge that we need is available so specifically if you wanted to you know date and get better results with women and become more confident this would be um, a specialist knowledge podcast that will enable you to do that so you're seeking the right counsel as opposed to just asking your mates what they think, because, you know, typically what do they really know? You you really want to be going to the experts and listening to what they say, <laughs> which is why I love reading, you know, the classic writers. And I do podcasts on, I've just done one on Seneca, for example, because, you know, the, the writing is so good and I just love it. I, I find it fascinating. Um, he then moves on to, to talking about, um, in chapter six, about having an imagination, um, which is basically, you know, dreaming up what you would like for your future and, and, and vastly imagining it like like a child would. You know, if you ask a kid, you know, they have like real uh, majestic ways of looking at the world and really embracing them. But typically, as we get older, we, we get pushed down with the burdens of life and, you know, our imagination goes. 
you know, one one way I found effective of, of bringing mine back up is I watched um, Hook with Robin Williams about Peter Pan that that grew up and lost his imagination and you know how he got boring and became an insurance salesman. <laughs> and, you know that's quite some shift from being Peter Pan, right? So part of the Spielberg film was about getting Peter Pan to get his imagination back and then all of the wonderful things that happened from it. So, you know, if you are going to do a meditation or visualizing what you want in your life, don't be afraid to, you know, have a wide um, imagination about what it is that you want and, and go with it because the more positive emotions that you can give to your imaginations, the, you know, the better they're going to be and the better you're going to feel in the moment. So um, that's, that's a great one. Um, then he goes on to talk about um, organized planning, which if you asked me about five years ago, I'd be like, oh my God, planning is so boring. But actually, um, with the correct organized planning, you can really start to achieve a lot in your life. And, you know, this comes down to, you know, organizing a date. So typically, rather than just going to um, have drinks at one cocktail bar, perhaps there's somewhere else where there's something a bit more engaging you can do. You know, they've got a different type of cocktail. Then there's like a crazy golf place next door. Then there's something else that you can go and do together. You know, organizing and planning based on your previous knowledge and experience is going to make you get better results with women. And it's the same on a night out. I mean, if you're planning on going out to meet women, then typically you don't necessarily want to be arriving at a bar at 7pm, right? Because that's not the buzz time. So organise and planning your dating strategy is going to have um, a big difference. Also, you know, you could plan what gym you're going to go to, what time you're going to go, what time you're going to go there. You can really start to plan your life and how your dating can revolve around it. And the more time you give to organising that, you know, the, the better results you're going to get. Um, then he goes on in uh, in chapter eight to talk about uh, making decisions. And he says that uh, basically procrastination is, is one of the biggest reasons why people fail. And um, if we relate this specifically to meeting women, you walk down the street and you see an attractive girl, um, but we procrastinate. Do I approach her? Do I not? And this leads to anxiety and tension and it's not really good for you, for your mental well-being either. So actually, Napoleon Hill talks about, you know, making a decision. So either you're going to do it or you're not. And definitely with dating, I definitely subscribe to that notion. You know, if you're going to see an attractive girl, either go and approach her or don't, but don't procrastinate because that's just going to make things 10 times worse. So, you know, making decisions is is um, really going to impact your dating life. Um, chapter nine, uh, he talks about persistence, which again is, uh, he gives the example of Thomas Edison failing 10,000 times at making the, uh, the light bulb. And when we think about being persistent in our life, you know, I think there's a difference between, you know, persistently going after one girl and, and trying too hard and persistence when you're developing. So I think that if we are going to persist to make our lives better, then keeping some kind of track on that to keep, you know, what exactly are we doing and how are we improving? So keeping a daily journal of what did I do right and how can I improve that? Then that allows you to be persistent, but also to learn from your lessons because, you know, we can all be the hamster running around the wheel and not getting anywhere. Yes, he's being persistent, but he's not really achieving anything in his life. So I think as long as you're um, learning your lessons that, you know, we can all become better at being persistent and sticking to our goal. Um, and, you know, obviously, the more specific our, our aspirations are, the more faith we have with them, the more we visualize them, the more we imagine ourselves doing them, the more likely we are to remain persistent in attaining them. 
Um, and then he goes on in chapter 10 to talk about the power of the mastermind. And he talks about having, I mean, this has been looked at, you know, thousands of times since, but I, th I think it's either him or, or someone similar talks about having six people all with individual skill sets sat around a room once a month and discussing ideas. And he'll believe that this created a mastermind or a collective conscience where for 20 minutes or so, you discuss what you want to do and people just throw ideas. And what he believes is that when you're around that type of energy, that you have access to thoughts of a collective conscience. And some might say even not just the six people there, but you're actually tuning into the collective conscious of everyone that's ever lived. So Hill was um, a big advocate of saying that you can achieve anything. So and, and that every thought is, is out there for you to tune into so that the mastermind really can enable you to do that. And um, if you haven't heard of this concept before, it may seem a little bit left field. But if you uh, if you try it with, you know, some friends, it's, it is actually really good. I mean, I've, I found it to be fascinating because you you do come up with some ridiculous ideas, but there's one or two bits where, you, you know, you, you change your perspective on something and it really allows you to look at things differently. And, and you know, certainly on... Um, on my courses, when we get, you know, enough people there, it's like a mini mastermind group of everyone's thoughts being on the same goal. And that certainly enables me to channel my lessons better. So a mastermind is, um, you know, in specific areas of your life can be very, very beneficial. Um, he then talks about the mystery of sexual transmutation in chapter 11, which you know, as a guy, it's something that we need to be aware of because we have a lot of testosterone. Um, typically, I think, guys, there's stats about how often we think about sex and it being quite high. Um, and I think that unless you have um, specific guidance on what to do with your sexual energy, that it could lead to the demise of your life in, in very bad ways. So, for example, being very um, desperate, being very try hard, you know, sleeping with women who you don't find attractive you know, using, um, not knowing that it is an energy and that you can channel it and transmute it to create affluence and, and better things in your life. So, you know, typically people or guys aren't very comfortable with the feeling of sensual tension in their body. By the way, this is, um, if you're listening to this podcast, this is the bit, if you've tuned out, tune into this bit, because this is, this is huge and, and life-changing, right? The feeling of sexual tension in your body is an energy and typically guys don't know what to do with it. And when we misuse it, um, sometimes, you know, if guys are going to um, rather than have sex, if they're going to do it solo, when you do that too often, just to get rid of the, the tension in your body, typically you lose one third of your daily energy every time you ejaculate. So putting that into perspective, you can see how much energy you're wasting if you're if you're um going about it that way. Now, what he'll suggest you do is that you transmute this sexual energy into success in your life. So, you know, you have this energy there, but you channel it. And there's a big movement online um, at the moment about no fap, um, which you can look up if, if you want to know, but it's, it's basically the same. It's about channeling your energy and only having sex a certain amount of times per week or per month and not um, basically ejaculating at any other time. So, you know, channel it. And I think Muhammad Ali was famous for um, abstaining from sex and channeling his energy before his fights. And certainly there's an argument for abstaining, abs abstaining from anything in life, whether it's, you know, thought through meditation, whether it's, you know, um, when you're uh, fasting, when you're eating or when you're having sex, there's a certain value that comes from not 
um, giving into your impulses and, and channeling that energy. Um, and again, I think that, you know, visualize if you are a highly sexual guy, a visualization of that energy moving around your body to, you know, other areas where you can use it more effectively is, is beneficial. Um, another way of using your sexual energy is just to keep yourself busy. <clears throat> so keep yourself working towards your goals where you're either at the gym or you're reading or you're doing things where you're not in a position to do anything other than channel your sexual energy. Um, it's quite um, an interesting topic, this. I mean, I'm uh, going to limit what I talk to about this on a podcast, but I go a little bit more in, in detail on, on my courses. Um, just want to keep things, you know, flowing and, and, and relating it back to um, Think and Grow Rich. So uh, moving on, um, he talks about, um, in the next chapter, he talks about the subconscious mind, which is about ha- harnessing the power of your subconscious mind. And um, he basically says that, you know, a lot of your ideas come from your subconscious in in an idea and that your mind, um, it then basically pops up. I mean, we've all had this where you're thinking about a problem or someone's name and you can't come up with it. And then later on, you're in the shower and it instantly pops up. That's your subconscious mind. That's giving you the information you need. And he'll basically believe that the answer to all of our questions is available via your subconscious mind. So in a nutshell, if you can be more relaxed during your day-to-day activities, you are more likely to be in tune with your subconscious mind. Um, and specifically why most people are more creative in the mornings or why um, we come up with ideas when we're in the shower or when our mind isn't running 100 miles an hour because we're allowing ourselves the situation where our subconscious mind can actually feed us those ideas. And this is um, it's a really interesting um, concept and idea. I find uh, the subconscious mind um, to be in our infancy of really understanding how it works. But, you know, if you are looking at achieving success in, in specifically with women, you know, you can put questions out there just before you go to sleep, think, okay, how am I going to do this? And then when you wake up in the morning, typically you'll have an answer or two on how to do that. Um, we actually, in Hill's later chapter, we talk about how you can actually push that a little bit further, but um, that's the subconscious mind. Um, in the next chapter, um, Hill talks about the brain. And he said, basically, it's like, uh, he believes it to be a broadcasting system, right? So like a radio is, but the brain is interlinked with everyone. So there is a, a collective conscience around the world. And he talks about yin and yang and like attracts like. But basically, our, our minds and our brains, they each resonate at a specific level and you can tune in to any frequency you want. So if you wanted to, you know, get um, be attractive enough to attract a specific girl or a type of girl, he talks about that you can tune in to the subconscious mind or to the world and understand what you need to do to be able to do that. And this is kind of fundamental to a lot of his teachings is that thoughts really exist. And do we come up with them ourselves or are we just accessing the collective consciousness? Um, I mean, following on from that, it's, you know, it's interesting idea just to think that, you know, you're not ever alone and, and you can potentially tune into different people's ideas and and different people's concepts just by meditating and just by relaxing and um, it's uh, extremely thought for uh, thought provoking uh, and certainly helped me in my life when when I don't really know what to do typically I'll, I'll just ask myself when I go to sleep and then when I wake up in the morning I'll have some kind of uh, idea on what to do next now uh, moving on to a really interesting chapter um, Hill talks about the sixth sense, which is, you know, in a nutshell, a gut feeling or our intuition. And he said it's, you know, it's important that we're able to tune into it and that we listen to it. And, you know, sometimes um, in life we have a rational decision and an emotional decision. And I think 
it's important to always go with your intuition. And, you know, in my life, I can certainly say that over the past decade, the decisions where I've just gone with my gut instinct and I've had no logic behind it, but I knew it was the right thing to do, have turned out well. And when I've gone against my gut instinct and I've been like, no, you know, I'm sticking to my plan. This is what I'm going to do. Typically things go wrong. Um, and giving you another analogy, when I turn up to present at my events, I plan meticulously. When I turn up, typically I'll throw away my notes and just go with the flow um, because my intuition is telling me that the people there need to understand and learn something different to to what I'd previously planned. Um, and um, chapter 15, he talks about how to outwit the six ghosts of fear. So I cover fear in loads of my podcasts and I find that Again, I mean, I've mentioned this many times, but we might as well go through it again. You know, he thinks that there's there's six fears, um, poverty, old age, criticism, illness, love and death. Um, I'll probably, I expect, go through each of those in their own individual podcast. But what he really believes is that you have to be able to um, master your fears in order to grow um, and to achieve your success. So, for example, if you are scared to approach a girl, how can you be able to visualize yourself dating that type of girl in the future? So you have to overcome that fear to be able to see something in the future. And Buddhists actually talk about this. Uh, They talk about a concept called living through your karma, which is the concept that you know, if you say, oh, I want to I want to I want to go traveling and I want to do a skydive. What Buddhists believe is that until you've done them, you can't really see what's behind it. So you have to live through that karma of your life to see what's behind it. And this is so true of fear. I mean, oh, my, oh my God, on my training courses, when, you know, I get my clients and they won't go and approach a girl and I get them to, you know, do like a mapped out visualization and I get them to look past their fear. And it's like the whole perspective on the world changes once they've overcome it. And typically I'll get them to overcome it in their mind. And once they've done it, they can then go and approach and talk to women in the real world. So listen, fear is real. Okay. If you are aware that you are scared of something, you should face it straight away you know don't hesitate there there really is a power in overcoming your fears and it's really what holds a lot of us back for most of our lives and it's um it's amazing to actually witness people overcoming their fears as well that's you know such an amazing experience um in the in the final chapter of um thinking grow rich he talks about um the devil's workshop um which is basically things that stop people that um from being successful in their life and he says that, you know, the, the evils is stronger and dangerous than the fears. Um, and this is basically the what he means by this is the negative influences in your life. Um, so if you've got friends, family or a boss that are negative towards your plans. I mean, if you listen to other episodes of my podcast, you'll know that I did. You know, I was in a business where I had huge negativity. I mean, I was actually mentally and physically sick off the off the back of the amount of um, criticism I received. You know, when I first started my business, I would put on events and no one would turn up and it would, you know, to the excitement of other people. And, you know, I really got battered and I didn't know how to cope. And the only thing that kept me going was Napoleon Hill's book at the time. And, you know, just to visualize it and, and hold it into your mind and eventually it will become true. And if you can see it, then you can achieve it. What the mind can conceive, it can become reality. I mean, these are his fundamental principles, which I've certainly found to be true. And, you know, it's not a, an easy journey. You do go through hell to get there, but actually... You develop into the person that you need to be to be that person. So it's like, you know, if you are going to set up these aspirations and these goals, be prepared to know that you're probably going to go through hell to get there. Um, And certainly um, as you mature and you get older and you face your fears and you you 
get rid of negative influences and negative people in your life, things do become easier. You know, there are lessons out there that we can learn by reading such literature as Think and Grow Rich. Um, I think, you know, that's the kind of the summary of the book. But just just from my own personal experience of the book, I mean, I've recommended that book to so many people. I used to buy everyone a copy when they when they first came to me for um, for their coaching because it's it just means so much to me personally. And I think whenever I'm struggling or if I'm in need, I can always go back to that book and it's going to remind me who I was at an earlier time in my life and that I faced some really difficult odds and, and gone against people that supposedly were experts and knew what they were talking about and followed my intuition and, and followed my dreams. So if you guys are, are listening and got to the end of this episode, you know, have... I'm here to tell you that you can get the girl of your dreams. You can develop your life so that you can really go after and obtain it and get whatever you want. And yes, you may not be in a position to do that now, but don't let anyone tell you you can't. If you're surrounding yourself by people that are telling you that, get rid of them in your life. Move away from them. I'm not saying permanently, but move away until the attainment of your goal and pick up literature. Start reading and start listening about how people have gone against unbelievable odds to achieve their dreams and their goals in their life. You know, we can all do it. And, you know, in Napoleon Hill's book, he gives you, you know, powerful lessons into how you can do that. And he's gone and interviewed so many different people and and learned all the lessons. So um, I'm really pleased to have have, have done this uh, podcast. I was putting off doing it because it's uh, so important to me. But uh, I feel like I've given a good representation of the book and um, really excited to uh, to put it out there to you guys. Um, if there are any books or anything that you'd like me to review or you have any questions, then all you need to do is go to my YouTube channel and just um, comment on one of my podcast episodes and I'll try and get back to you. Um, hopefully I'll give you a shout out on the episode as well. Um, so I, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will catch you tomorrow.